you're listening to another inspirational message from Bell Road Church. If you live in the North Phoenix area and are looking for a church community, we'd love to have you join us. It's a great place for the whole family where you can have fun and grow closer to Jesus. For more information, visit us at www.bellroadchurch.com. We're going to continue our series through the book of Philippians, which we're really enjoying, right? Anyone enjoying this series on Philippians? I'm loving this. Uh, we need this in this season. We just need to be people of the Word and be in the Word, and so I love that we're going through this. And today, you're in for a special treat because we have some more of our missionaries that we support that are here with us, the Pangelinan family. The whole family is here. In fact, the whole family is going to come up here, right? And so I want to invite Johnny and Andrea to come on up here, and you're going to get to see the whole family. They are missionaries that we support here at Bell Road Church to the Philippines—not, sorry, not Philippines, Thailand. Yeah, I got confused. You're, you're half Filipino. That's, we were talking about that earlier. To Thailand, and so well, it's a fun treat to get to hear them, hear about your, you know, what's going on in your life, and your ministry, and your family, and also they're just going to continue on with this series uh, through Philippians. So I'll hand the microphone to you, Johnny and Andrea. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being here with us, and uh, we're just honored to have you guys here live with us. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting us. Um, my husband said, Danny Goki's leading worship at Promise Keepers. I said, I'm going. He goes, babe, you can't go. It's online. How will they know? I'm going. Uh, anyways, <laughs> worship was awesome. Worship team, thank you so much. It was just, it was exactly where we're at today, and I just feel so encouraged already. Um, I want to just in- introduce our family. We're missionaries to Thailand for the last eight years. And we've been in the States for one year, itinerating, and we're ready to go back to Thailand. However, the borders are closed right now to Americans. Thailand is the second country who has declared COVID free. Um, They have no cases in over a month. And so they really do not want Americans coming over. We have a small open door, and we really believe that God wants us there, and that he's going to get us there. So pray with us um, that we can get there within the next month. That's our prayer. And um, I'm just going to introduce us in Thai. Swati ka chan chi, Andrea ka chami luk sam kon mi luk chai song kon mi luk sao nung kon tani chan jak net nam ka kua kong grau. Kun lek chirai ka. Swati ka samaya ka. If you have no idea what I just said, don't worry about it. That's exactly how we felt our last term in Thailand. <laughs> it's kind of like, I think I know what she just said there. Um, but people ask us why Thailand and... I guess I could just say when I first landed there, I had no idea, like, why Thailand, God? Um, I kind of wish, like, God, the food is just, I, it wasn't the food I liked, you know? And the language is not the language I would have chose. It's a tonal language, and I'm pretty much tone deaf, so 
It's just not anything I would have chose. I didn't understand the culture, the people felt like a fish out of water. And yet at the same time, I knew after two months when we landed in Thailand that I did not want God to send me home. Don't send me back home, God. This is where I belong. And the best way I can describe it is that on this last term, we were in, we were driving in a van. Or we were driving to uh, about an hour out of Thailand to a place called Chat Tum Thao. And we were with a Thai man. Um, and we were just talking with him for about an hour. We were almost to his village. And he, my husband asked him, have you ever met a Christian? And he said, no, never. And we, have, we went into their house, and God has given us many open doors into their family and into their gatherings, and we've we spent a lot of time with them. And I can't help but think that if God didn't send us, then how would they have ever met a Christian? And so our heart is to reach the unreached in Thailand. Um, not even 1% are Christian there. Uh, unreached is different than a lost person. I've been lost. I know that. And, and Jesus found me because Christian friends introduced me to him here in the States. But an unreached person is someone where there's not a Christian in their bloodline or anywhere in their tribe. And I've never been in a situation like that. And so it really gripped our, our hearts. And that's why our family decided to go to Thailand. We want to show you just a short video of our last term in Thailand. Um, I would say that the video footage, it's probably not the best, and that's because these are all pictures that we took ourselves from our cell phones and different stuff like that from our actual ministry in Thailand. They all mean something special to us. And you'll see in the beginning of the video that um, there's a bunch of children, and my husband is whining with a, a bunch of girls this is a ministry we have in Pakchon, Thailand, where we, it's preventive care. It's to prevent the children from going um, into the sex trade. And we, we really believe that God is going to open up many more doors for us in that area. We don't know what it looks like, but we can feel it in our heart. And um, there's a picture of us, my husband, standing with a Thai man. He's a Muslim, and you'll know because he has a bundle of bananas like right here, and um, it was a gift. The bananas were a gift, and you always take a picture um, afterwards of your gift um, with them to say thank you for coming to their school and teaching English. But what's so significant about that is Kunali, he, God gave us this unlikely relationship with this Muslim man. They're a closed community in Thailand. They will not smile. They will not invite you. They don't want any part of you. And we felt that. But when God opened this door for us, he opened it for all of our missionary friends. And we were just open into their home, their community, their gatherings. Um, we found ourselves in the monks of thousands of Muslims. And our, we're the only foreigners there and the only Christian presence there. And so... It's significant. You'll see in the video, my husband is praying at the feet of a, of a man. You can't see his face, but you can see my husband. Um, this man said, um, I, 10 years ago, I said no to, an evil, to a spirit who wanted to live in me. Um, they know the spirits well. They have spirit houses in every property in Thailand, but they do not know uh, the Holy Spirit. And so um, he said, but I never said yes to Jesus until today. 
And um, you'll see at the end of the, the video, a lady, um, you'll see a food cart. It's kind of from a distance, and she's stirring her soup. She's the wife of Kunali, and you'll see us ministering to different people. They're just people to you, but to us, they're relationships, unlikely relationships that God gave us, and we're believing for salvations amongst their community. And my husband came home one day, and he said, told me this thing. And I said, that's our vision. He said, that's a scripture verse. I said, what? That can't be in the Bible. That's our vision. That's our heart. That's what we want to do. He said, Paul wrote this in the Bible. And at the end of the video, you'll see the scripture verse um, that Paul wrote. But it's our call to missions. That was powerful, wasn't it? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like I said, something real spiritual, you know? I just actually ordered chicken fried rice. Amen. No. <laughs> we spent three. Well, first of all, welcome. Um, I'm so grateful to, to be in this house and for Bell Road Church. Uh, supporting missions. I have a passion for missions and the, the unreached, the lost, getting behind our family. And we're so grateful. I'm grateful to share uh, the, the pulpit and, and break bread uh, with you guys this morning. So welcome, uh, Barrow Church, those of you online. Just get comfortable, relax. I believe God is going to speak. Somewhere in this message is just for you. Nothing's by accident. Um, I really believe that with all my heart. And some stuff is just going to be like, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, okay. But I feel like the Holy Spirit will take Scripture. And um, maybe you've heard that Scripture before. But in the context and how, in, in the, maybe the, the climate that we're in, the Holy Spirit's going to really speak to your heart. So I just want to encourage you here at home, just really put the distractions aside. Just kind of open up your heart and um, get comfortable. Put the peace of God into your hearts, into your living rooms, into your homes, right where you're at. And allow God to move. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this house. Thank you for Bell Road Church, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, God, the honor, the great privilege to come along the Renta family and to break bread, to open your word, Father, the holy word of God, which it alone has the power to bring change, true change to our lives. It's amazing, Father. It's amazing. We praise you. In your son Christ's name, amen. Amen. So today we are definitely journeying through uh, the book of Philippians. And I, I'm sure you guys, I've watched a few of the sermons uh, online. I was just kind of uh, seeing, okay, what, 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 what's the pulse right now with Philippians? Where are we at? And I was just really enjoying um, your, your last missionary here speaking and different things. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. We're going to open up to Philippians chapter 2. And I'm going to journey through uh, verses 12 through 18, okay? And um, if we can, let's just read it in its entirety from 12 through 18, okay? I'm reading from, I'm not just trying to make things difficult for you, but I'm reading uh, from the King James Version. So whatever version you have, um, you know, that's fine. So let's go ahead and start in verse 12. This is Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 18. Wherefore, my beloved... 
as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. 14, do all things without murmuring and disputings. Verse 15, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. 17, yea, and if I be offered up upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. Amen. I had to make mention, my, my little girl, she was born in Thailand. Yeah, we've been in Thailand for about, since 2012, eight, uh, about eight years now. And I thought, just thought to mention that, you know, um, it's a, it was quite an experience to have a child in another country. Uh, it, totally, totally different. I thought I was not going to have any part of that birth. They were like, stay away, germs. And this was not during COVID. I said, but I'm the father. I want to be there. <laughs> to the very last minute, then they finally invited me in. And uh, so, yeah, culturally, uh, we did a language school for eight years. Um, well, how many years? I feel like eight years, but it was, man, three years, full-time language school. And, um, yeah, it's, it was painful, very painful. And so we see here in Philippians, okay, Paul is helping the church in Philippi, which he founded. He founded this church in Philippi along with Timothy, Silas, and Luke. And um, Paul wants his beloved church to be encouraged and to grow through whatever they're going through, to be examples in obedience, attitude, and conduct. He wants their joy to be full, all right? And whatever season they're going through and weathering, he wants life to be there. He wants them to make sure the main thing is the main thing. So he loves this church, you know. And so verse 12, it says, uh, just journey along with me, read along. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is one of my favorite scriptures. It really is. Working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Because that is the, that is the key right there to joy. You're not going to get your, you know what I mean? I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But the, the key here, let's, 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 do, let's look at this scripture and let's break it down. Okay, work, okay? Um, I believe, I believe um, the cross gives us the power to become sons of God. Okay? The cross gives us the power to become. So present tense, right now, happening right where we're at and going forward. We're becoming sons of God. So there's this work. There's this stuff, gardening, that has to happen. If you, okay, so here we see the sense in which we are to work out our salvation in fear and trembling is twofold. First, the Greek, work out means to continually work to bring something to completion or fruition. We do this by actively pursuing obedience in the process of sanctification. Which Paul explains further in the next chapter of Philippians. He described himself as straining or pressing on toward the goal of Christ's likeness. What does salvation mean? Salvation means, in the Greek, healing. It's not your stamp to get to heaven. That's just the beginning, you know, of a wonderful freedoms, wonderful peace, 
joyful life. That's just the beginning. Amen. See, I came to Christ kind of beat up, you know, like an old broken down car. I didn't even know if I was a Ford, a Datsun, a Chevy, a, a Daihatsu. I didn't know what I was. I had no identity. I was just broken, beat up, rusted out. And if I would have stopped that salvation, yeah, I'm saved. I'm just going to go to church and be a good person, man. That garbage, that baggage that you bring into Christianity just doesn't, those, those, those impulses, those long-term memory from protein synthesis from way back, this doesn't fall off from, because you say, I, I surrender to you, Father. No, you become a son of God. Your heart changed. Now you have a direct line with the Holy Spirit. Things can happen. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. So here we say work out your own. Say your own. Come on now. Not get, get, out your, uh, get out the other person's Kool-Aid because you don't know the flavor, okay? Work out your own salvation. And I did a, a deep Greek study on your own. And you know what it means? Your own. <laughs> it's like I did. I was in a concordance. It was, like, it was like your own, dummy. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many times we don't mind our own business, right? We talk about other people and their salvation and their journey and where they're at and where they're going. And Father's like, you need to look, just get, get yourself worked out. Work out your own salvation. Okay? Amen. So Christ-likeness, Christ-likeness. Joy and Christ-likeness go hand in hand. Okay? Christ-likeness. We're called to be seeds of righteousness. Verse 13. Let's just journey down here. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. In another translation, New Living Translation, it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God's working. It's him that's working on the inside of us. Amen. And he's giving you those desires to do what pleases him. It's a partnership with the Father. You're not doing it on your own. When you feel like you're doing it on your own in your own efforts, you're tired, you're stressed out, you give, you know, then you're, you're doing it wrong. Actually, if Father's probably like, if things get any worse, I'm going to have to ask you to stop helping me. <laughs> just, just, just step back, okay? It's a partnership with Father. His yoke is easy, okay? He wants to do the heavy lifting, all right? We just have to yield to him. It's a partnership. We need grace and mercy, Amen. We need grace and mercy. So we hear about what is grace. A lot of times you hear unmerited favor. It's all grace, brother. Grace, grace, grace. And I agree with those things, unmerited favor. But I, sometimes I think we have grace and mercy confused or inter, intertwined, interchanged. Because I feel like grace is, grace is always associated with Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus. You know, grace is Jesus. Grace isn't something that Jesus pulls out of his pocket and he gives you piece by piece. I feel like he is grace. He embodies grace. He is grace, my Jesus. And who is Jesus? Jesus is the word. The word made flesh. He is the word of God. Jesus is the word. And so I believe Jesus, I believe grace is the word. Grace is knowledge. Grace is a divine God, God's divine nature impacting uh, um, humanity. That knowledge of God impacting human nature to bring change. That knowledge, the word of God. And mercy is the time allotted 
the time allowed that God gives you to apply that knowledge. That, no, that grace is the knowledge, the word that brings transformation. But the mercy is the time that you have to apply this word that your life would be changed, that you would be transformed, that you would be set free. So when they say it's all grace, not grace, I say, well, well I think maybe, yeah, grace and mercy. You might be talking about mercy. <laughs> but it is great. The word of God is to me, that's what I feel grace is, is the knowledge, the word of God. Not me, not undeserving. Don't, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So um, let me hear. Delight yourself in the Lord. We know that scripture, right? And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. So it's God that works inside of us, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Don't we hear that a lot? So I'm like, give me Cadillac, Father, Cadillac, Cadillac. You know, no, no. Oh, I need that wife. I need that girl. Oh, I need this. So you know what I mean? Ah. Um, I feel like sometimes we have that scripture mixed up too. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart and then give you the desires of your heart. You get that? So he puts on the inside of you those desires, those holy things that, that he is pleased with. And then he gives you those desires, not flesh. The heart of man is deceitfully wicked above all things. If you go after your own desires, Father, these are my desires. Wow. Get ready for some destruction. Okay, right? It's, it's just, I've been down that road. And it's, it's a long road. <laughs> and so we have verse 14. We'll just go, we're moving right along, okay? Do all things without murmuring. And disputing, okay, hold on, don't leave the church yet. Don't turn off your, uh, your iPhone or your iPad. Stay with me, stay with me. Don't complain because what you're actually doing in complaining is accusing God. It's unbelief and doubt. It's saying, I don't trust you, Lord, to do it the right way. I trust my way, I think is better. I don't see what you're doing, it doesn't make sense. Think about the children of Israel. Friend, they came out of Egypt. Okay, they're on their way to a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, and it was a, supposed to be a six-month journey that turned into how many years? Forty years. It, it was just supposed to be, you know, we're just, I'm going to, just getting on the freeway. And then all of a sudden, they were on that, they were on the interstate for 40 years because of complaining, murmuring, saying, man, I don't know about this, speaking doubt speaking unbelief, speaking fear, speaking this. God can't bless. When you agree with the enemy's thoughts and his ways, he can't bless that. He'd, over, he'd overthrow his own kingdom. If you're walking in an agreement with enemy kingdom, enemy principles, if he, if he blessed that, your life, and you were walking in this way of deception, in agreement with the enemy, and he blessed that, he'd overthrow himself. He wants to, but he's like, you got to get your mind right. That's not, that's, not, that's not kingdom talk. That's not kingdom believing. And so let's guard ourselves, right, from complaining, from, from disputes that, that lead to nowhere. God, you know, uh, I've never seen this movie. Uh, it's called uh, The Godfather. 
Never, uh, don't plan on it. It's a mafia movie. Don't, I don't recommend you see it. It's probably not the best wholesome, you know, say hello to my little, whatever. But I, there was a quote that I, that I heard, okay? It was from a podcast, a godly woman, okay? She, uh, she, was, she quoted uh, the Godfather, and one of the quotes, there's two quotes I'm going to share with you today. You guys all break out your pens. Why are you writing that down? You know what I mean? And, and you got to hold your hand like this, okay? Okay, because that's what it means more. Okay, it says, the first quote is, never tell anyone outside the family what you're thinking. What's the matter with you? So never tell anyone outside the family what you're thinking, okay? And so I, I feel like we should apply that to us as the family of God, okay? I'm not talking about a weird cult thing or whatever, real secret. I'm just talking about to keep the things in the family in the family. I mean, we're going to have disagreements. There's going to be problems where I don't, I don't agree with that, with that, how, maybe the how path that pastor leads, or why is this movement, why are they doing this, how, why did they handle? But we cannot put that stuff out there for the Romans and out there for public Facebook, right? For everybody else to see what's going on in the family of God. Because what, they, what will they do with it? They're going to be like, ha, look at them. They're no different. They're gossiping. They're who banging on this, but they hate that pastor. They don't like that church. They don't agree with that style. Look at them. And so it makes Jesus, he is God, God the Father. He is God the Father. It gives, him, it gives him a black eye, so to speak. It puts shame on Jesus when we're out there and we put things out there for other people to see and laugh at. When those things should stay in the family of God, right? It's okay to disagree. It's okay to talk. We're, we need to grow. We need to come together. We need to point out things. But it's not for everybody else to see. And here's another one. Don't ever take sides with anyone against the family. I have no idea how to make that spiritual, but <laughs> figure it out, okay? I just had to share that second quote. But you, we know it's not what goes into a mouth that defiles the man, what? But it what comes out. So when you start speaking wickedness, you start things that are divisive, you know, anti-Christ spirit, where you're trying to, things that are against the word of God, building up against truth, that's what will defile you. Not the Burger King. It's what, you, what comes out of your mouth. Amen. You guys still with me? You still love me? Online? Are we still online? Here we go. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Grace. Amen. The knowledge, the truth of God. But the, but the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. And we can go on about how the tongue's a little, it's like a, a rudder on a ship. It's very small, but it can steer and turn the entire ship. I believe if we control our tongue, we start speaking the word of God over our life, over families, over our situation. No matter what you feel, it will change the course of your life by speaking. Because there's, there's life in the word. There's power in the word. There's power in the word that you may verse 15. Am I, am I doing OK here, Pastor? I'm doing all right. I'm just breaking down. I promise all these things 
If we begin to practice these things, they will encapsulate joy will be squeezed out of those grapes. You know, joy is just not thrusted upon you, you know. I mean, there's, there's got, there's sometimes, there's a joy that, that remains. There's a joy that lasts. And then there's happenstance. Then there's cool stuff like going to Disneyland, short lines, you know. Um, I don't know. Whatever. Okay, so verse 15, here we go. That ye may be blameless and harmless, sons, daughters of God, without rebuke, that means without blame, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Guys, we got to live clean and innocent lives right now. We got to live holy unto God. We got to get away with the Father. Right now, more than ever, our world needs to see an unadulterated gospel. They need to see the word of God lived out. God is holy. Where is true north? The world wants to see. It can't be because culture goes this way, so does my standard of living and God's holiness. No, he's always been holy. Amen? He's always been righteous. That we be without rebuke in a crooked and perverse nation who God says shine bright like a light. Prayer Jabez, I don't know if you remember the book, it says that you would bless me indeed and that I would not cause pain. What is a beacon? A beacon is something during tumultuous times. You can't see where you're at. You don't know you're heading, but thankfully there's a light that's shining there. And I could see, okay, that's my direction. We're, we're, we're called to be that light. Okay, we're called to be that, that, light, that pillar. Christ in him crucified, period. That's it. Don't add to it. Christ and him crucified. When things got confusing for Paul and all kinds of things, they're arguing about genealogy. They're arguing about this and that. Paul's like, hey, I, I, I strive to know nothing among you but Christ and him crucified. Don't get confused and get caught up. You know? Amen. Holding fast the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Verse 17, yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I, re- I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me, Paul's saying. Don't feel sorry for me. Rejoice for me, man. I'm being poured out for you guys. I could, yeah, I could enjoy this cup. I can go probably, and I don't need to maybe go to jail. I don't probably have to go get beat, but I choose to be poured out for your faith, that you would grow, that you would have joy, full life. You know, Paul says, I, I don't feel sorry for me. I know. I de- it's my choice. I decide to be poured out for you. Thank God that Paul was acting much like Christ for the, the believers around him. And I'm just going to wrap it up here. Amen. Do you have joy today is the question. Where are we at with that? You know, there's a joy that comes because of moments, situations, such as when I'm maybe with, maybe you have grandkids. There's a joy, right, that's there. Or you maybe save 15% on your car insurance. You know, there's, there's joy in those things. Like I said, Disneyland lines. But chapter, uh, John chapter 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Never let your heart be troubled or be afraid. 
Do never accept fear. Never. Don't do it. It's a spirit of fear. It's not just an emotion. That's why God commands us 360-something times to not be afraid. But there's a joy that remains. No matter the situation or political climate or the economy, there's a joy that remains. And I know I can't. many people can't say this, but I've had, and I, and I say this reverently with respect because I know I have, I have a lot of friends that have almost died from COVID. I know people that all the, you know, the things that are happening with families and their jobs. So I say this with, with empathy, but I've had more joy and peace in my heart in 2020 than I've had my entire adult life. I had more miracles in my life in 2020 than I've had for a while. I've been healed physically. Guys, I was heavily lactose intolerant. I had to take pills. I was doubled up with a gut ache within minutes running for a bathroom. And now I'm eating ice cream every day. I don't buy lactose milk. Guys, I'm eating, right, babe? She's making meals that she's never could make before. You can't, that doesn't happen. You can't, there's no cure for lactose intolerance. You just have to start eating different. An allergy takes away what God has intended you to enjoy. You know, he sent the people to a land flowing with milk and honey. Why can't I have milk, you know? I started to think, wait a second, you know, God healed me. I mean, I'm, and so I say that with reverence, that no matter the situation, circumstances that are the waves, get out of the boat and walk to me, right? Everything that Jesus, how he, he did his thing was counterintuitive to what logic says. You're not supposed to have joy in this season, in this time. No way. You're supposed to be mad. You're supposed to be angry. You're supposed to be worried. You're supposed to be stricken with fear. Yeah, be. Look at, think about it. This is the most important time. I'm on itineration. We go home because we have no more money. And I go home to raise money to get some, to help get people to join our vision, to see what God's doing. And now all the churches are closed. I said, really? You know? The churches, and not only the churches closed, the borders are closed. I can't even get into Thailand. And guys, you got to understand something. I paid for my kid's school tuition in advance, like $15,000. I paid, I got my housing, I got my whole life over there, and I can't even get in the country. So it's like I'm bleeding money here. But what am I going to say? What am I going to choose? Am I going to be angry? Am I going to start complaining? Am I going to say, ah, look at this. God, you missed it. Wait, whoa, that's dangerous. He's going to say, where's your heart? What's your confession? Many times I would, I would, maybe I would start three words into a negative sentence. Andrea was like, no, that's not how we talk. I'm like, yep, yeah, you're right. That's not how we talk. And God can only bless faith. He can only work with that. So I have some keys to a joyful life here. Be a forgiving person. Let people off the hook. You can't have joy that remains with the root of bitterness. Let people go. Release people. Forgive. Because when you hold on to bitterness, you become judge and jury. You become God. You say they don't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve to be on the planet while I'm on the planet. You know, and it's a root, and it causes many, many problems. It stops the flow of God's blessing. Joy, forget that. 
your body. I'm talking many problems. So let's be forgiving and loving people. Number two, a healthy perspective of yourself. Have a healthy perspective. What do you think about yourself? Right? That's a good question. What do you think about yourself? See, if you don't have this figured out, depression comes. If you don't know who you are, that I am the righteousness of God through Christ by faith, that I, the hairs on my head are numbered, that his thoughts for me are the sands of the sea, that I, I don't need to have guilt, that he forgot all the, the shameful things that I've done, that I'm accepted, I'm loved, I'm valuable. If we don't have this stuff figured out and you think yourself as a grasshopper, you, you, you allow the enemy's words to infiltrate your heart and you agree with it, what happens? Your shoulders get down. You don't believe what God's word says about you. Your serotonin levels go way down and they don't come back up. And that's depression. That's where depression comes because you don't know who you are. You begin to believe the recording and what people or what your parents or what an uncle did. You know what I mean? You have to wash yourself with and renewing yourself with the word of God. So it's hard for me when I say joy, 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 joy. But if you're depressed, you can't. It's like so elusive. What is this joy he's talking about? So you have to figure this out. You have to settle. Who am I? I got to remind myself again. I have a healthy perspective of who Father says I am. And when you get that going, serotonin level, dopamine, things starts happening in your system. And then you start walking with your head up. Because I, I remember who I am. Father told me who I am, and I begin to understand it. Drugs can't give you that, friend. Drugs can't give you that. I've been on it. I've been clinically depressed, P, uh, PTSD. I've had all the ADHD. I've been on the Zoloft. I've been on all the pills. So I get it. It's a dark hole, but there's joy. Amen. And number three, learn to rest. Rest is a declaration of your confidence and faith in God. When you just put down all your tools and you say, me, Father, hold me, do the work for me. I can't. I can't today. Just rest. He says, be still. No, I'm God. I'm your Father. I'm going to take care of you. When you rest and you live in a place of rest, that shows and declares your faith and trust in God. Learn to rest. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for the here this morning. Lord, I realize and we realize today that joy doesn't just come. It, there sometimes has to be some trust involved. There's a partnership. There's a working out of our salvation with fear and trembling. Not afraid fear, but a reverence and awe of who you are. You want us to work those things out so that our joy would overflow. You want it to be real so that when people are around us, they sense this life and this love and this joy because we're whole people. Whole as in whole, as in spirit, soul, and body, not broken, not fractured, whole people. Father, I pray you bless the hearer. I pray this joy journey would start anew and afresh and we begin to declare the word of God and Lord that the word of God would renew our mind and become long-term memory and you would silence Lord the words of the enemy bless your people let this joy of the Lord be 
their strength. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I wanted you to encourage you to dwell on that this week. And we're not going to end because the best way to solidify what God has done many times in Scripture is to lift our hands, to lift our hearts to Father in worship. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Let's worship together. So if you're at home, if you just want to bow right where you're at, on at the couch, you're right here if you want to stand, if you want to kneel at your chair, let's just have a few minutes of Father time. Son, daughter, and Father God. Let them love on you today. Love and bless his name. Amen. again for listening to this message of Bell Road Church. We hope you enjoyed it and that God spoke to you through it. Be sure to connect with us online via Twitter, Facebook, and at bellroadchurch.com.